Welcome to another PA Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Nichols, along with my co-host, Jason Gottesman, the spokesman for the House Republican Caucus here in Pennsylvania. And Jason, it has been an interesting week in that the governor has responded to our missives. We have been pounding on the governor now for a couple of weeks about what is wrong with our vaccine rollout. And it seems like he might be ready to deal but I'm wary. Tell us about what he's, what's going on here, what he's thinking, and uh, if this is actually a deal or if it's just a smokescreen. Well, let's take a step back and look at what our vaccine rollout and our deployment efficiency has been, which has been awful. So, you know, you go back to last fall uh, and, you know, the, the White House and the, the federal government were telling states to get ready. A vaccine is coming. Well, the state here, the Commonwealth uh, and their secretary of health and our governor kind of just said, yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Well, guess what? A vaccine arrived. A vaccine was approved and we weren't ready. And that was not the fault of the legislature. That was not the fault of anybody, but the governor and the Department of Health, with, which seems to have, throughout this pandemic, tried to bring all executive authority into themselves to uh, take what little success they've had and, and spike the football and then take the blame and try to defer it to others. So, you know, this is where we've, we've been at. And frankly, it's put Pennsylvania dead near the bottom in terms of vaccine deployment efficiency, which means the actual uh, rate of getting shots into arms quickly. So, you know, the, the Wolf administration says, to, oh, my gosh, we don't have supply. The supply from the federal government isn't enough. We don't have enough supply. Well, that argument only works if you're getting the supply that you have into the people's arms, and they're not. So that, that argument's a little bit bunk. So we have currently our, our supply is sitting about uh, 45% of it's still sitting on shelves. So we have the supply. We just don't have the efficiency and the, the infrastructure to get shots in people's arms. So move a little bit further ahead. And we in the House Republican Caucus said, okay, well, it's time for somebody to be the adults in the room here because realistically, the, the Wolf administration isn't handling any of this appropriately. You know, they're putting our return to normal on the slow track when other states like West Virginia, which is on our border, Florida and others have been uh, much better than Pennsylvania in getting shots out there. So what we wanted to do was was utilize the National Guard to help as we get more vaccine supply, which uh, more vaccine supply is coming. Uh, as a matter of fact, our allotment keeps increasing month after month. Um, so we wanted to make sure that the National Guard, which has you know a great uh, track record during this pandemic, uh, has the ability to, to deal with things on a, uh, logistically on a large scale uh, and set up the infrastructure, to set up that infrastructure uh, and, and be a supporting role to uh, our hospitals and our counties as uh, vaccine roles rollout becomes increasingly more acute as we get more vaccine to come in here. So uh, we passed that bill last week. That was Representative Tim O'Neill's House Bill 326. And almost immediately after, we kind of get a strange nod from the governor in terms of, hey, I'm trying to form a legislative task force on this vaccine rollout. Do you guys uh, want to participate? Well, you know, it's almost a year too late, Governor, for the fact of we tried to pass a bicameral bipartisan task force bill that would have forced you to work with us during this pandemic uh, almost a year ago, and you vetoed it. So now you're coming to us after months and months of and weeks and weeks of failure to get the infrastructure ready for this vaccine. Uh, you're getting beat up every day, not just by Republicans, but by Democrats, healthcare professionals, the general public who want answers as to why they're not getting this vaccine. And now you're coming to us to seek a way to bail you out of your problem because 
because, frankly, we've been the ones who have been working for the people all along. And the governor has been working for, I don't know, maybe just himself. doesn't really seem like we really know uh, who, who that's been because as a result of his uh, one-person unilateral rule, we've had nursing home deaths increase where he ordered COVID-19 positive patients back into nursing homes. Uh, our testing in Pennsylvania has been abysmal. And now that turned into an abysmal vaccine rollout. So, okay, he wants to form this task force. We're happy to, to participate. We've already shown we can lead on this issue. We've already shown that we're taking this seriously. Uh, we've shown that we have answers for the people of Pennsylvania. And uh, we're, we're glad to see that the Wolf administration finally understands the role that the legislature can play in creating a common sense response to this pandemic and actually has some insight uh, that might help him out. So not only is, is has it been our pressure that's that's worked, but you know it seems like after weeks of taking the blame, the governor is either looking for a scapegoat or actually looking for some real help. But either way, you know we're going to provide real answers. Representative Tim O'Neill is our uh, representative on this task force. He was appointed by the speaker earlier this week. He's he's the one who sponsored House Bill 326. He has military service. He's you know already made a name for himself by having answers for our vaccine deployment problems. And you know he's going to be bringing his experience to bear and his success uh, that we've seen already to bear to help uh, Pennsylvania through this and, and be a great tool for the, the citizens of the Commonwealth. Another thing we'd like to talk about um, really deals with the governor's push for a minimum wage increase. He mentioned in his budget that he wanted to go to $15, $12 this year with a bump up. And now he's come out with his plan saying that he wants to bump up every year by 50 cents until you get to $15. He also made one statement that I believe was just quite stunning when folks said that this is going to cost millions of jobs across our nation and, and, and hundreds of thousands of jobs potentially in our state. The governor's only response was, well, that's not my experience. A non-response with, with, with nothing but a, a personal anecdote. Is he this far out of touch? What is going on with what he's trying to say and, and how bad would this hurt? a lot of the people of Pennsylvania. Well, the only thing that I can deduce from uh, trying to raise the personal income tax, which the governor has said he wants to do, now raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, which will and tens of thousands of jobs here in Pennsylvania and the Congressional Budget Office this week said a $15 minimum wage would uh, get rid of 1.4 million jobs nationally. Is that Tom Wolf just really wants to get rid of small businesses here in Pennsylvania. Um, he has only proposed things that would harm them coming out of this pandemic, make it more difficult for them to do business coming out of this pandemic. Uh, all the while, he spent the entire pandemic closing down small businesses, choosing big box stores over our mom and pop shops, and really making sure that what used to be, you know, small businesses before the pandemic employed roughly 50% of all Americans. The very engine of our economy in these small businesses now uh, has been harmed most by this governor's pandemic response. And his only vision for the future is to make it more difficult for them to open, increase costs, increase mandates, and increase the role of government in how they do operations. All the while, uh, these major corporations, Walmart, Home Depot, you know, they have the margins to be able to deal with a increase in the wage. As a matter of fact, you know, this is something the private sector has already been doing. I just saw today that Sheets was once again raising its minimum wage and providing for paid maternity leave. Um, you know, this is something the private sector is already doing. If businesses can raise the minimum wage I, I th or raise, raise the wage that they're paying their employees and artificially create their own minimum wage, I think that that is the way to go. We, the government shouldn't be interfering here. Let, nonetheless, in a pandemic, there are small businesses who are on record in the press this week saying this will end me. 
Uh, this There's economists saying, in the, coming out of this pandemic, this might be the straw that breaks the camel's back for a lot of these businesses. So look, you know, there might be a, a rational discussion to have about raising the minimum wage outside of this pandemic, but you know, right now certainly is not the answer, uh, especially when the governor is also trying to raise the personal income tax, which about 80% of small businesses already pay. Uh, so the, he's raising taxes on them, raising the mandated costs in terms of minimum wage. And the other thing we don't talk about here is how many experienced and skilled workers that are currently making $15 an hour or $12 an hour are all of a sudden going to be making minimum wage. You've turned, you know, wage compression into a political hot button where you have, you know, people who have worked their way up from the current minimum wage to where they are making a uh, you know, decent wage after the last, you know, several years, they've gained skills, they've they've increased in responsibility. And now all of a sudden you're putting the, the 16-year-old working at a movie theater on par with somebody in the manufacturing or blue-collar sector who's been doing skilled work for the last five years, uh, increasing responsibility, and now they're both making the same wage. Something about that doesn't seem right. And not, not only now you're increasing the cost for the minimum wage, but now you're hurting the ability of, of somebody who is now making the minimum wage, who is making well above that, to get a raise and get out of that. So, you know, the minimum wage is always going to be the minimum wage. Everybody talks about how it's going to lift people out of poverty. Well, you're just raising the floor. You're not, you're not raising the ceiling. Well, and another thing that the governor said in that is that he said, uh, a well-paid worker is going to be more likely to be productive, but if everyone realizes that, well, you can't pay me less than this, psychologically, it doesn't really give you a whole lot of uh, impetus to be a hard worker. You're not going. To, you're saying they're paying me as little as they legally can. Well, since a governor likes to give anecdotes, I'll give one. I, I started my working life at, at a minimum wage job working in a movie theater, which is why I like to use that example. You could have paid me. I think I was making six twenty-five an hour back then. Maybe it was five fifteen an hour. I can't remember, but. It wasn't a lot of money. If if you all of a sudden would start paying me $15 an hour, uh, I'm still working at that same movie theater doing the same thing. Don't know if I'm necessarily working any harder. As a matter of fact, I just got an $8 an hour increase, and frankly, I'm still doing the same job. You know, I'm not busting my butt anymore. I'm still, you know, you're still making popcorn. You're still mopping floors. You're still, uh, you know, cleaning up spilled uh, soda in the movie theater seats. So, you know, again... Only about 1.5% of uh, hourly wage workers make the minimum wage. They're mostly young kids who are just getting into the job field or the you know starting uh, part-time job gaining experience. Um, imagine you know now we're going to set up a world where uh, it's going to be movie theater usher wanted, experience required. You, you know now that business are going to have to pay this extra cost to employees, they're not going to want to just have some kid out of high school. They're going to want somebody who's going to be able to do the job effectively because they're going to need to cut two jobs to hire one person. Or will they just put a ticket scanner there and not have a person at all? Hey, well, you know, th there's a lot of problems we're not thinking about here, and the governor just thinks people can just start paying more money all the while he's had their, uh, you know, their their the thumb on the scale trying to uh, harm small businesses throughout the pandemic, and now he wants to raise taxes on them on top of increasing the minimum wage, which is going to put some of these businesses out of business for good, and that's uh, really a shame. Pennsylvanians deserve better. This has been the Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. Listen for more on PA House Podcasts.